It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Chief. Here's your host, Matt Derry. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening and joining us on Wired, another edition of the Pistons podcast. As John Mason said, my name is Matt Derry. Thanks for being with us this week on Chicago NBA Combine Week. I wanted to say pre-draft camp because that's what it used to be, but now they call it the Combine. And we will talk to Fox NBA draft analyst from Spectrum Sports as well down in Florida and the all-time leading scorer in UDM Titans history, Rashad Phillips, will join me in a moment here as we'll break down the draft, the Combine, and what players could be there at number 15 for the Pistons as we get closer to the June 20th draft and where the Pistons, of course, can help themselves with a pick in the first round and a pick in the second round. Our very own Keith Langloy from Pistons.com reporting today as we record this on Thursday that North Carolina's Nasir Little, Kentucky's Keldon Johnson, and KZ Okpala, a guy that Rashad likes, and you'll hear about that coming up, Um, All have said that they have met with the Pistons here at Combine Week. Ed Stefanski, Malik Rose, everybody in the Pistons front office is in Chicago for the Combine. Uh, They put together four rosters of players. They'll have games. And basically all the players that have been invited to the Combine uh, will take part in it. Now, if you believe Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN and you look at his uh, uh, projecting the lottery and mock draft, Two players that have names that you guys might recognize: Romeo Langford uh, from North Carolina, uh, excuse me, from Indiana, swingman, freshman, played one year there. Thought he was going to leave and be a lottery pick. And Nasir Little from North Carolina, who we just mentioned. Both of those guys, according to Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN and Draft Express, would be available at 15 for the Pistons. And now, when you're Detroit and you go to something like this combine. What are you looking for? Well, we've talked about it. Length out on uh, out on the wing, uh, shooting, adding to that three point arsenal to surround Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. But I think the biggest question is, and we'll ask Rashad about it: Can you just, you know, highlight shooting and get a shooter at fifteen? Because this draft, outside of Zion Williamson, and by the way, he's going to stay in the draft. John Morant. R.J. Barrett, and possibly Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. Outside of that, it's a crapshoot. So the Pistons might get a guy at 15 that slides, but the Pistons in a couple of years, we can look back and say the player they drafted at 15 under Ed Stefanski and his staff turned out to be better than the guy drafted at 5, at 7, at 9. That is a possibility. All right, here's a familiar voice to uh, Detroiters giving us a couple minutes right now talking NBA draft combine going on in Chicago. You see him on Spectrum Sports down in Florida. He'll be on Fox right around draft time as a draft analyst, especially on the Herd Show. The all-time leading scorer at the University of Detroit Mercy, our buddy Rashad Phillips uh, joining me right now. What's up, Rashad? What's going on, Diesel? I'm excited. It's my time of year. You know that. Oh, boy. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, last year, all, all credit to you. Last year, you were one of the guys beating the drum for Trey Young, and and, and he had a great year. I, I used to hound I used to hound you on the Luka Doncic, uh, Doncic stuff, but, <laughs> you know, Sean, let's be honest. This, this draft, as opposed to last year's, has so many guys that I don't think fans really know. How difficult is it to kind of pinpoint who's good and who isn't? Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those funny years, Matt. It's the, you got guys from all over now. I just think that college basketball, you're starting to see so many great players with social media that they're coming from all over now. It's not just the blue blood. So that's, I mean, that's the beauty of the draft, and that's the beauty of college basketball. 
All right, we want to get to the Pistons in a second, but I have to ask you about Zion Williamson and the controversy in New Orleans. If you're him, what what do you do? You got to play, man. You got to play. I I mean, you play to be the number one pick. You know, people dream of being a number one pick in any type of professional sport. So you got to go there. I I believe that New Orleans will, will open up the floodgates for him. He's marketable. The Kia plays at a high level. He's going to get a $100 million shoe deal no matter where he goes. So I would say, man, go and play, enjoy the game, have fun. Some say this is a three-player draft. I saw it today from the pre-draft camp in Chicago. Some of the guys like Ryan Rosillo and others are saying this could end up being a four-player draft with Darius Garland all of a sudden moving up from <laughs> Vanderbilt. What are your thoughts on that, on that concept of a three- or four-player draft? No, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that that out of out of sixty picks that you can say four guys are going to hit. I just I don't think that's ever happened. I think there's a lot more lot more gold there. I just think that there's a lack there's a lack of guys who really want to dig and find the gold. We're at, and I say we as in general we're so accustomed to just there's a gold nugget right there. Let's take it. But sometimes you got to polish it and see what it is, and you might have found yourself a gold nugget. So with these players coming out. I think that there's about 12 players in this draft that can really make a difference right away. 12. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you look at Detroit at 15. Let's talk about the yeah. Pistons, uh, your hometown team, the team you grew up yeah. watching. And I, I know you kind of cover the magic now and living down in Florida, but Pistons at 15, are they in a bad spot, good spot, mediocre? What, what, what do you think about where they are in terms of draft spot for this draft? I think, I think they're in a good spot. Um, obviously, the Orlando Magic, we're, we're right behind you guys at 16. Um, but I, I think they're in a good spot. Where you, you're not going to – a lot of times when you have to draft players, Diesel, I think everybody's trying to hit a home run. You don't have to hit a home run every draft. What you have to do is find the right players for that, for that particular draft. Um, at 15, there's a couple of guys that I would like. I like KZ Opala from Stanford. He's a six seven six eight point forward facilitating type of guy. He was tr- he was tremendous in the Pac-12 this year. Also, we need a point guard. I like Jalen Hands from UCLA. I think he's fantastic. He led the Pac-12 in assists this year. You got a sleeper pick in Carson Edwards. I know you are familiar with him. I, I think there's some players that can contribute right away at that 15th spot. Rashad Phillips with me, of course, NBA draft analyst for Spectrum Sports. Fox Sports will be on with the, the herd and that whole crew will make the rounds uh, out in L.A. during the draft week. Uh, you brought up just a couple of names there that, that were certainly interesting. People are going to look at 15 and say, oh, the Pistons have to draft a shooter uh, surrounding Andre Drummond and, of course, Blake Griffin with, with, with shooting. But in this particular draft, Shad, do you have to take best available at 15 because – it's just it's too difficult to almost uh, pinpoint a, a a direct shooter. Let's say at fifteen. Yeah, I don't. I think the, the the shooter. I think the best shooter in the draft is Fletcher McGee out of Wofford, and I, I believe we can we can use a second round pick on a guy like that. So again, there you have to dig and find the goal. You have a guy like that that can help our our team as well. But at fifteen, you don't have to take the best player available. But you take the best fit available. And again, Casey Opala, a guy that can play point forward. You take Jalen Hands, 
who's a terrific point guard, a bigger guard, who's very athletic. So, I mean, Nasir Little, I'm hearing rumblings that he may slip. To, he can slip in that area. I wouldn't allow him to slip in that area, but I'm hearing that out of North Carolina. So I, there will be some valuable guys at that spot at 15 that can help the Pistons right away. Well, we know this. Kobe White won't be there. <laughs> no, he'll be gone. <laughs> oh, man. He'll be gone. It's funny because you watch White and you watch Carolina this year, and there were some games. And, and you know, if you go to NBADraft.net, they always are uh, have the have the, the mock up there. And that, that's the easy yeah. place to do that for fans. But a guy like Nasir Little, there were some nights you watch Carolina and you didn't even know he was on the team. And, and then you look at some of these mocks, and he's a top 10, top 15 player. And, same for yeah. Ro- same for Romeo Langford. He was supposed to save IU basketball, and they didn't even make and they didn't even make the tournament. So, what are your thoughts on a couple of guys like that who, quite honestly, are, have been more sizzle than steak? Well, you think about it like this, though. You got is the cup half full or the cup half empty? And I look at look at it from a Pistons standpoint. So we're sitting at fifteen. I want a guy like Nasir Little to drop to me. Like, I, 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 sometimes these NBA teams prefer to have bad press on the kids that they want because they don't want the other teams to get whiff of that. So I would, I would like a Romeo Langford to, to drop to 15 or Nasir Little to drop to 15 because those kids didn't really get to maximize their potential, especially Nasir Little. He's such a high character kid, winning kid that he put his team first. He didn't put the statistics first, and you can tell he played that way. Now, when you look at Romeo Langford on the other end, I just think that IU didn't have enough guys around him to be able to make that strong push. Michigan State was so good. Purdue was so good. Michigan was so good. So I just think that Indiana just didn't have enough players around him. And then he got injured late in the season, Diesel, so that also played into it. But when you look at those two guys, those are guys, if they slip to 15, 16, you don't lose any sleep when you draft those type guys. Shot, how difficult is it for you and you watch the film, and I know you break down a lot of film online, and uh, I check it out all the time. I, how difficult is it to find out if Langford or Little are going to be really, really good based on the systems that they play in? And I'm not saying Archie Miller or Roy Williams was stunting their growth, but you hear that stuff all the time that some of these college coaches kind of suffocate these kids a little bit. How much of that is true? Some, some of it is true. I mean, you, you, you have to take in – you have to look at it from both sides. You have to look at it from the coach's side and the kid's side. So from the coach's standpoint, Roy Williams is not going to put his kid – he's not going to put these five-star kids first. He's already made that clear. When you play for North Carolina, you're coming here and you're going to fit in with what I already have. Roy Williams has already set that precedent. So you got to take that in consideration. And also you've got to – from the kid's standpoint, when I'm watching film on the kids, I try to look at the movements, the temperament, and if they score eight points or 12 points, I try to dissect how they did it instead of getting caught in their percentages. So a guy like Romeo Langford, I just look at it as more of a, a collective thing. Like, Indiana just wasn't a good team. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to figure it out. So I don't know if that was the right choice for him. And I don't know if the, it, was, it was the right choice for a guy like Cam Reddish. So a lot of times these kids become victims of going to certain schools where they can't maximize their potential. You, I know you like Reddish a lot. 
Yeah, I like reddish. <laughs> but see, I, I like you know, his size is just <laughs> it, it gets you because you say here's a long you know kid that just can yeah. shoot over everybody, and then like I said, there were just some, especially in the tournament, there were some games where he looked like he just was standing there. Yes, yes. It, you know what? I, the thing is, there also was some games where he made the right plays for his team that didn't show up in the in the stat sheet. So he hit some clutch shots. He hit a clutch shot against UCF. He hit a game winner against Florida State. He hit a clutch shot against NC State. There was games where Reddish was 3 for 11, but two of those shots came in moments where those baskets needed to go in. That's what the film tells you that the box scores don't. That's why I'm, I'm a film guy. I always go back. I always watch the film. And Reddish's impact on the game was bigger than what the stat sheet actually said. Uh, you look at 15, and obviously it was in the teens a couple of years ago where Stan Van Gundy took Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell, and we could bang our heads against the wall all day on that. But how much, you know, the, the guy that they take at 15, whoever it is, how big of an impact will he have this season? Or is this one of those things where, look, this draft isn't that good, and, and you can't expect a guy at 15 to come in and be, and be Giannis in four or five years? Um, I, I, it depends on the player. I, I think a guy like a, a, a Nasir Little, I think you give him two years and I think he, I think he hits his stride. Um, a point guard like Jalen Hands is not going to be a superstar, but what he is is going to be is that he's going to be a, a consistent, productive point guard. He's going to be a 13 and seven assist guy and you surround him with some other good players. So I don't think there's going to be any superstars that you can pick. After, you know, after 10, maybe, but there are going to be guys that's going to be productive and you won't have to cover your face like, oh, I drafted this guy. I'm ashamed of him. When you get to see the Pistons and I know I know you still watch them from afar, yes. but what do you what do you see? Do you do you like what you see or is or is the roster, you know, still not to what Dwayne Casey, you know, kind of wants it to be right now? I actually, I actually like what I see, Diesel. I, I, and I spoke to Blake Griffin earlier in the season about it, and I just think that the way that he's changed his game, the way that he's he's the, the evolution of Blake Griffin's game has enhanced everybody else around him. So I really like that direction. Casey has done a good job of kind of. I mean, we were a playoff team this year, you know. So I, I like a kid like Jalen Hands again. I just believe Jalen Hands from UCLA should be the pick for the Piston because he's a stabilized point guard. He's big. He, he can he can make plays. He's terrific in transition. And I think he takes some pressure off of guys like Blake Griffin. Well, so when, so he plays – so he's the backup to Reggie Jackson in your mind at the start of the season? No, I, I actually think you can move Reggie Jackson over. Um, I think you can move Reggie Jackson over. You can put Jalen Hands because – Jalen's a traditional point guard, and Reggie Jackson is more of a combo. So I think you you play Reggie off the ball a little bit, and that puts Reggie in around that 15, 14, 15, 16-point range. You let Jalen defend the point guards. He's younger. He can keep up with the more dynamic point guards in the NBA. And I think that opens it up for a lot of the other guys. So I think Jalen Hands is the, should be the pick, and I, I'm going to stick with that. Rashad Phillips with me from Fox and Spectrum Sports down in Florida, former UDM, all-time leading scorer and one of the, the greatest players I ever saw play live. All right, so, you know, second round this past year, 
Uh, obviously, Ed Stefanski is, is sort of the senior advisor, made the picks and got Bruce Brown in here and Kyrie Thomas. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to tell me who the second round the Pistons are going to take yet, but, but in terms of this draft, can they find a couple more diamonds in the rough uh, later on? Yes. I, I, if I'm any team in the second round, I'm looking for shooting because, I mean, I mean let's be honest here. The NBA has turned into a jump shooting league. Everything's about jump shooting. Can you shoot the jump shot? We're watching the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Everything's about spread and who can make a three-pointer. That's what it, we watched Brooke Lopez last night knock down shot after shot. So I would set my sights on the top three-point shooters in college basketball right now that's in the draft. And one is Fletcher McGee out of Wofford. He's a, he's a J.J. Reddick type of style of player. And I believe, again, when you have guys like Drummond and Blake Griffin – and you get Reggie Jackson running and trying to score, you get a guy that's a neutralizer like a Fletcher McGee that can knock down shots. For your listeners, if you don't know who Fletcher McGee is, he's the all-time three-point shot maker in NCAA history. And he's your guy. <laughs> he's, he's my guy. <laughs> yeah, and he, of course, bypassed uh, Travis Bader from Oakland yes. uh, this past season and had a, a tremendous year. I, that's the last question for I was going to ask was, all right, so the way the game is being played now in terms of guys driving the lane, having an open layup, and kicking it out for three. When, yeah. when you watch that, do you, do you like it? Or as an old-school guy and a guy that played in the 2000s and, yeah. and everything else, uh, do, do, you, do you shake your head sometimes? sometimes? I can't even lie. Sometimes I shake my head because I, I think they abuse the three-point line now. I think, uh, but you know what? It's the way the game is. The kids are more dynamic today. And it all starts from the grassroots levels, Matt. Like, they're preaching three-point shooting at the AAU levels in high school. So it's only inevitable that once these kids get to that level, they're going to be better three-point shooters. You know, when, when I played, there was only one three-point shooter per team, or two maybe. Now you have seven three-point shooters per team. You know, that's just how it is. That's how the game is. And it's, it's exciting to an extent. You used to pull up from half court. People think that Steph Curry started that. You were one of the you were one of the originators. <laughs> okay, a long time ago. And I remember Coach Watson. What's he doing? Oh yeah, good shot from good thirty shot. feet away. Good shot. Good That's, shot. We'll it. take it. All right, shot. Proud of you, man. I'm. Uh, I'm I can't wait to see you uh, make the rounds on FS1 in a few weeks, and uh, we'll stay. Yes. In, we'll stay in touch. I appreciate you, Diesel. Anytime, brother. Man, that was fun talking to Rashad Phillips. There he is, the former Detroit Titan great and all-time leading scorer, now doing some NBA draft analyst work for Spectrum Sports down in Florida and Fox. And you'll see him on with the Herd and, and all the FS1 shows during the week of the draft. Rashad really knows his stuff. And circle some of those names that he mentioned as guys that maybe the Pistons could get, certainly at number 15. And, and you never know. Maybe Ed Stefanski works a trade. Uh, uh, you know, maybe he moves down, maybe he moves up. You never know. This draft is one that is so top heavy that now it's on those scouting, uh, the, the scouts and the scouting department and the scouting staff and the front office to find that diamond in the rough that the Pistons can find at 15 that might be able to help them both this year and, and in the future. But again, it's not a great draft, so don't expect the Pistons at 15 to get a guy that's going to come in and win rookie of the year or be an all star. But isn't it time? that Detroit drafts somebody that uh, you, you know can, can, they can hit on right away. 
that can be a, a guy that can be a steal and come in and play. And I think Detroit did a really nice job, Ed Stefanski did last year, in getting Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Brown in the second round. But those guys are bit players right now. Let's see what they can do coming up uh, next month at number 15 uh, and certainly beyond in the second round. We're brought to you by Jeep. This has been Wired. Thanks to Rashad Phillips for joining me. My name is Matt Derry. Hope you enjoyed the draft content, uh, everybody. We'll be back next week to recap what took place at the NBA Combine in Chicago.